This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the seventh episode of the Wombles Had a Dream podcast. As always, I'm joined by none other than Lee Finch. How are we, Finchie? Very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Good, good. Uh, with us again today is Rob Boyce. Uh, two weeks on the bounce, Boyce. You come in, for me. come in for me. Good to be back. Uh, the only Wimbledon podcast out there where you can joke about punching Liam Trotter in the face. Off of a bang, yeah. Oh, seven brothers in, and we've gone there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Stu, Stu and Nick are good guys. Then I'm just joking. Stu will be chopping or shaking his head right now. Well, yeah. On Twitter the other day, I said that we are the uh, the best Wimbledon podcast, and he said the the new the uh, what's it newcomer award. Yeah. <laughs> we'll take that at the end of the season, the newcomer award. Yeah. Yeah, we'll take Trophy's that now. Trophy. Yeah, and then next season. They know. They know the score. Uh, also joining us today is Don's fan, Sam Elliott. It's good to have you on, Sam. How are you doing? Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, very well. Thank you. Need a haircut, but apart from that, um, yeah. Yeah, don't we all. Don't we all. I miss my barber. I know. Yeah. Little things you forget. One yeah. good thing about being bald. <laughs> worry about lockdown here. Getting barbers. So it's quite good. Uh, good so there's lots of things to talk about uh, for this episode, but before we get started, I'd just like to wish uh, Terrell Thomas a speedy recovery from hospital. Uh, and I know I speak for the rest of the podcast, guys, uh, in saying, get well soon. Absolutely. Yeah, do we, has he got COVID or is it just a viral infection? He put on I don't know. He, he put on Twitter that it was a viral, viral infection. Um, you kind of assume it's COVID because of what everything's going on at the minute. Yeah, but. that's right. But yeah, you're right. We all uh, wish him a speedy recovery and hopefully he'll Need come back. back a bit stronger. Um, we've had lots happen over the past week or so regarding COVID and football. Uh, we spoke last week about the cost to clubs that uh, testing is causing. So I think we should start by discussing the announcement last week that the PFA will be funding twice weekly COVID tests for all uh, EFL clubs. It can only be good, can't it? Yeah, I agree. That's, I wanted to talk about it again because obviously last week I said how a club's going to fund the testing that is needed for football to continue. Uh, and then literally a day after we put the podcast out or the day before we put the podcast out, it was announced that the PFA are going to be putting that cost up and, and paying for the testing. 
I think that's a good thing. I think because uh, we were talking about circuit breakers and a lot of people were talking about circuit breakers. I think if people are getting tested, I think then we there would be no need for a circuit breaker because then you can isolate people quicker, get people into isolation. And, and another thing I wanted to go on about is the precedence that's been set with Villa and Derby having to play their FA Cup games over the weekend, having to use their youth team. Is that... Is what is that? Should that be now? What happens? Should youth teams uh, and and whole squads be used now? If if you, a couple of your first team, say for example, Pig Pig got it for us. Hopefully, touch wood, it doesn't. But say Pig did get COVID and he had to to miss a couple of games. We then bring in Robinson or we bring someone else from our youth team in. Now we we if we have say six players go out, we then use our youth team and our our, our first our, our whole squad. To, to bridge that gap, uh, it happened again at the FA Cup at the weekend, uh, and I think that should be the going forward. That should be the case. Whilst I welcome the news from the PFA, um, I do think this should have been sorted at the start of the season. Um, seems odd for this is coming half of the season. You know, obviously, COVID is now ramping at the moment throughout the whole of the country, and um, I think this is something which should have been sorted. You know, these rules about you know how many players you can have missing. You know, players getting tested. I mean, at the end of the day, it's players' welfare. And like, obviously, Tal Thomas might, well, we believe he's in hospital with COVID. Um, so that's my frustration with it at the moment. Um, we obviously hear rumours and announcements that we're going to go into a, you know, a stricter lockdown. Um, that's something I saw Gary Neville tweeting about the other day. And um, it just makes you, it just makes you sometimes wonder, you know, should football even be going ahead, is my opinion, at the moment, in terms of, you know, the whole country's in lockdown. Um, and it seems like it's just going ahead because of money. You know, TV has thrown a lot of money at football and whatnot. And yeah, it's all just a bit up in the air at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I think personally, in terms of uh, the EFL season, first of all, taking away the point about the FA Cup and all that, I really think it'd be, it would be helpful if, if we, we, in the football footage, maybe start to separate the Premier League and the Championship from League One and League Two. There's, there is a big, obviously, there is a big difference, but there, obviously the main factor is, and why they're talking about no, at the moment, no extension to the actual season, is purely because the Euros, top players need to play, be ready in, what was it, first week of June for the Euros. League One and League Two haven't got that. Um, I'm sure there's a couple of Scotland players that may be in League One or League Two, I don't know, but um, they haven't, we haven't got that currently. So I think maybe, maybe the idea... The fear is the moment he's cramming these fixtures and getting these games played and, and, and not postponing less in the clubs unless they absolutely have to. I think with a way of extending the season, I think maybe that will take the pressure off the clubs totally. Um, and if we have that kind of three or four players out with COVID, as Wimbledon did obviously against Lincoln uh, two weeks ago, one week ago, whatever it was, that, that games can be called off and it's not so much of a, house, uh, uh, a big, big thing. My biggest gripe of extending the season is you're going to get players out of contract. We saw what happened, like I said, last week. I mentioned it with Lyle Taylor going out of contract. What if Pig gets out of contract and then decides, you know, he wants to move elsewhere, we're in a relegation zone, we need three points, and we've lost our top goal scorer. Um, you know, again, the season turns into a bit of a farce, in my opinion. I mean, I think contracts in general, they run until, because of the playoffs anyway, they run until, I think, it's the start of June. Um, so I don't, don't wouldn't envisage the the league season running more than a month later than it should do. 
Uh, so therefore, games by the playoffs would be concluded. I think the idea would then be being then concluded by the the end of the by by the the end of May at least. I think that would give us just that extra three weeks. And I think I really do think it's um, sensible that they kind of maybe start to look at this now. Um, it, as I said, it just takes the pressure off the clubs if if if, they, if a postponement is needed, and then obviously the health and safety issue of not having to play twice a week for for three months is is therefore comes into play. I think it's it's a much better idea. See, boys, so you going back to your point about uh, say Pig wanted to kind of he was out of contract and then leave. I think that's happened before COVID though. With say Tom Elliott, Tom Elliott was running his contract down and then he got a, an injury as such and then didn't play the rest of the season and left on a free transfer. I don't think you can stop players doing that at any time. Lyle Taylor was still, I know it happened with COVID at, at Charlton, but I think he was again. I think he missed a couple of games at the end of the season for us as well before he left with an injury. Uh, so to speak. Uh, going back on your point as well, regards to the regulations at the EFL, I think the EFL have been poor regards to that, but then we've got arguments regards to the government's wishy-washy ways and everyone have their argument on that, which I don't really want to go into too much because we could be here all night, but it's hard because it's so wishy-washy across the board and across the country. Scotland uh, have now suspended their underneath their championship level so you've got the Scottish Premiership and Championship and everything underneath that has now been suspended including the Scottish Cup we also had the announcement today for the FA Youth Cup between Robert and Bandy won't go ahead as well Mm. what's everyone's view does everyone think we should be looking at a circuit breaker for three weeks I I I did I was for a circuit breaker but uh, a few of my mates make this point as well is that mental health at the moment is a big thing as well. I think mental health is being forgotten with regards to lockdowns and not seeing friends, not being able to do anything and just being in your house the whole time. The one thing that we, I know I, some people are falling out, but to have that football, yeah. can you imagine not having football for a month or two months and just not being able to watch it at all? Like I know we moan about it and stuff, but... <laughs> You take you. I moan about football the whole season. I moan about the players pretty much if it's shit. But come the summer, I'm literally like, can't wait to go and watch Wimbledon again. I can't wait to have it like back. Yeah. And I think from a mental health point, I think we need football just as bad as without it at the moment. Would you say then maybe my argument with it with not having a circuit break, which I totally agree with you. I don't think we should have one. Is maybe are we saving lives? Is it with playing football rather than risking them because? If you haven't, you know, and I do include the Premier League, and I, I, I work on the Premier League, I, I follow the Premier League, and, I, and it's, it's on TV more than so on, every day this week, I think it is. If people, especially on a Saturday, on a Sunday, haven't got that distraction of a, a game like one o'clock, a game at four o'clock, are they going to be going out? Are they then going to be taking the risks and going out instead of watching football? Therefore, is football, not saying saving lives, I won't go that far, but is football, <laughs> is football helping? Um, helping keeping people indoors. I think that's my kind of point on it and why we shouldn't have a circuit breaker, I think. I think I think you're right. I think football is saving lives, so to speak. Um, however, I think the Premier League's a bit different, like you said, about with the Euros. Um, also, like you said, I watch the Premier League as well. I watch much of the day. I do fantasy football. Uh, unlucky Boise. You know, I'm beating you at the minute. Um, but, um, so I think for our level, a circuit breaker for a couple of weeks, just, you know, get get 
all the players and their families to self-isolate for two weeks. Like Finchie said, they're on a good wage. Um, all they've got to do is stay at home for two weeks. And then when football does come back, they go to, they leave their house, they go to training, they come home, spend it with their family or whoever they're living with. Next day, go to training, come home, go to the match, come home. That's all they have to do. They're getting paid great money. That's all they have to do. They don't have to go out and get the shopping delivered. Same as everyone else has got to deal with it. Um, and I feel like that could stop because I'm fed up with games being called off uh, every week. You know, half the fixtures being played in League One. Um, you know, you've got teams that have played 23, 24 games. You've got teams that have played 15, 16 games. And it's sort of like, was it Accrington have got to play four games a week or something stupid like that? Accrington are playing a game every four days between now and the end of the season. And they're already in the top six. Yeah. Wow. Not doing doing any arm, is it, at the moment? Uh, Well, my view on Aquaton is it could actually be benefiting them. You know, instead of having training, they're just having the momentum of game after game after game, you know. So, I mean, if you ask any professional footballer, they'd much rather have a professional, you know, competitive game than training. But, yeah, it's hard to know what to do at the moment. Football is all very much in the air. Games are getting cancelled left, right and centre. Um, it makes it very difficult in fantasy football, and that's why you're winning at the moment. <laughs> Excuses. Excuses. Games going down left, right, and centre. Um, <laughs> I think a two-week circuit breaker could make sense. You know, just reset because you know um, we don't we don't even know if we're coming or going. If football matches, I don't even really check who we're playing next because. Yeah. You know, and I think what else is wrong at the moment is, um, you know, Tottenham got two hours notice. But their game against Fulham was going to get cancelled. And then Fulham have been told Monday morning that their game against Tottenham is going ahead. There's just the communication's just poor from the top down. Do you think we just don't? Is, is this not a season of look? We just need to make sacrifices. We need to. You need, sorry, Scott Parker, you have to deal with 24 48 hours notice. Sorry, just one of those things. Do, you know, do we not just think that, well, okay, for this season, sorry guys, it's grin and barrel. We all wanted football. We all, we all agreed we had to start again in August or September, whenever it was. We all knew it wasn't going to be an easy road. Um, are they, are they, you know, is, is it helpful that, that, that Scott Parker's coming out and, and complaining at the, the lack of notice that he's been given and Mourinho's money like this, that and the other? I think it's just a lack of consistency, isn't it? That said, Mourinho gets two hours notice, Scott Parker gets 48 hours notice. Um, you just got games going left, right, down left, right, and centre. I mean, you saw with us, we had to play our game, and then it followed up again, cancelling. Um, it's just a lack of consistency across the board. I feel it's frustrating fans and probably frustrating managers as well. See, Darren Bent made a good point uh, regarding the top level. I don't think this could happen at our level or below, but the top level is why don't they have an NBA-style bubble? So they go and live at the training ground for three mm-hmm. to four weeks, and they literally just stay there. They eat there, they live there. Uh, they play, they train, then they go and play football. Uh, in Madrid, uh, Real Madrid, obviously the, the Bernabeu's being done up, so they're tra- they're playing at their training ground. Yeah. Like, why did why do the matches have to take place at stadiums? Because you're travelling to stadiums, you've got stewards at stadiums, you've got I know you've got to have TV and stuff like that, but it's all coming into it with regards to COVID and, and having more people then available. I, I think a circuit breaker at air level would be fine. I don't think they can. I think the Premier League they they've got they've got enough money to not have the two hour notice or the four hour notice. They they could say this is how we're doing it with our level. Actually, again, PFA are going to pay for the, the the testing, which is great. And it's about time that the PFA stepped up and did help lower leagues a little bit 
more. With the Premier League, what do, do they? I mean, did they not think that early on? I look at the if you look back at the Premier League schedule, it's really really interesting actually. At the start of the season, there were no midweek Premier League fixtures, all Champions League or Europa League fixtures scheduled for us in like the first five or six or seven weeks of the season. It just didn't bother. They played once a week for 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 seven weeks. Um, and of course, they had the Carabao Cup. Was it not? Would it not have been more sensible to knock the Carabao Cup on the head this year? Would it not be sensible to knock the Pizza Trophy on the head this year, and just let everyone have that as a, a kind of mini circuit breaker within itself, so they could have played these Premier League games when in August, when the when the when the cases were so low as they were. I think I'm right in saying in August, September, when the cases were so low. Could we? Could I mean? I'm not saying maybe not cancel the FA Cup, but they just have a, a one year break from from these. Cup Competitions and just give everyone that that little bit of breathing room. Was that was that not been the case? Sam, it com- comes down to money though, doesn't it? Because you've got these sponsors, the Carabao Cup, the Pizza Trophy. All these sponsors are putting money and they want the games played. Uh, and saying to them, oh, we're, we're not going to play that tournament this year. You have to wait another year." They're not going to be happy with that. And it, again, it all comes down to money within football. Again, I was listening to uh, Simon Jordan on Talk Sport, and as much as I can't stand Simon Jordan as a Palace fan. He makes a lot of sense. He does. He really and does. Yeah. Morals go out the window in regards to football. There is, it's a moral vacuum, so to speak. It, it doesn't matter. It's, it's all about the money. Uh, and and that, I agree. I think the Carabao Cup and the uh, the Pizza Trophy should have been kibosh, should have been binned. And, and Shrewsbury want to play their game against Southampton, even though they've got... Uh, and this is one of the points that he was making, is why does Shrewsbury want to play Southampton? It's probably going to cost them more money to play that game because there is going to be no TV money. There's going to be no gate receipts for it. And they make 82 grand if they win. Mm, And they're possibly going to get knocked out. What's the point? They're not making any money out of that game. This is what I said at the start of the podcast when we first started, is do we put the FA Cup to one side this year? Because you ain't going to make a hell of a lot of money out of it. And we did. (laughs) Sam, you spoke about sacrifices, and I presume you meant more um, as fans and... uh, Wimbledon making sacrifices, yeah, but I, I, I mean, we sacrifices in terms of look, we are going to have games called off at a short notice. Yeah, we are. So it is. It is unfortunately just it's a byproduct of 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 playing, continuing to play in these really really uncertain terms. And and then you speak about the you know binning off the Carabao Cup for a season or whatever. But the pro- the problem is it, even if we were as fans or um, a smaller clubs were willing to make these sacrifices, I don't think the people with the money, money str- pulling the strings are willing to make the same sort of sacrifices, like mm-hmm. Finchie said, because Ka- Carabao aren't going to turn around and be like, yeah, it's all right. Uh, we just pump millions into yeah, marketing and merchandising and stuff. But is, is there not, is there not a, a supreme power somewhere at the Football Association that can just want to push the button and say, it's cancelled, sorry, this year. We, you can have your money back or we can extend it for another year, etc., etc. But then, But then they have to give the money back. Yeah, of course. I understand commercial partners are absolutely crucial. But surely surely we could override that, couldn't we? As a, as a, as a footballer, say, as the governing body of, of our national game, our national sport, surely we could be overriding a, a um, was it Chinese energy drink company from... Um, that have been involved here. I don't know. It's it's you know. Listen, there's a reason why, for example, if you go down to non-league football, the FA Trophy and the FA Vars have continued. It's because of the commercial partnerships, um, and and the the trouble, I suppose, the football association will be in. I just, I just wonder how this is almost kind of like 
no one could have predicted a pandemic with goodness me there should have been something going written into the contracts and like, for whatever reason what if this can't happen we have to think 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 wisely about it and i don't know it's it just seems to me that we're playing too much for too much football uh, from top to bottom in the game way too much football from top to bottom in the game and not so much league one two level but if you you sit and assess the, the premier league i know they moan and they whinge about it but when you sit and assess their schedule um, especially Champions League clubs, it is twice a week, every single week for four or five months. There's a lot of football. Yeah, but the Champions League clubs, they win the, the, the amount of money in the Champions League, you know, that means they can bolster their squads with, you know, tons of internationals. I mean, even in League One, League Two, some teams are playing, you know, 55 games a season. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't given the cup competition as much thought, but I did think at the start of the season, you know, we're all told to stay at home, save lives, and you've got, you know, the big clubs of all the big money jetting off to, you know, Ukraine, Dynamo, Kiev, yeah. world, and vice versa. I do think it doesn't really send out the right message, in my opinion. I look at Celtic. Celtic went for a, a training, warm weather training camp. Is that right? I forget that was a warm weather training camp. Yeah, they, yeah that's they correct. Went, they went to Dubai. What are they thinking about? Two hours after they'd just been beaten the third time by Glasgow Rangers. Yes, it's it just it's like it's, it's, whoever whoever's made that decision, it's that's a sackable offence to, to give that a, give that the okay. And and they've come back with a positive COVID test. Uh, they had to isolate thirteen of their players against the Hibs, uh, and they drew that game uh, and now sit twenty one points behind Rangers in a season where they were going for history to win ten in a row. Yeah. The, uh, I think in that situation, it's only fair they play the game, isn't it? You know, you can't then cancel the game. They've you know, jetted off to Dubai. And... The, the, game was, the arrogance was, of it at that level of football sometimes. The, GS- the game was supposed to be played on a Saturday, uh, and he was wanted it on a Saturday, and they said, we, we're moving it to the Monday so Celtic can go out and do their warm weather training. Yeah. Again, it's decisions like this in the whole of football at the moment. When people are dying, the mm. NHS is on its knees at the moment. And not just... It, like they're talking about people get this thing with the NHS and COVID. It's if you have a car accident and things like that, the NHS is on its knees. Yeah. And we're talking about football being played. And it's, it's, it's some, like you said, it's sometimes things have to take a backward step. Uh, and, and as I said, mental health for me, football, yeah, has to keep going. But then the other side of me um, thinks, well, actually there's, there's bigger things in life at this moment than beating Bristol Rovers in a, pizza trophy game yeah are you going to make any pizza gags this week uh, oh, thinking about it of course, it's not the right time at the moment it's not the right time no um just quickly going back to your point finchy about um villa and derby and the potential precedent set uh, in playing their youth team um do you think that clubs would use their youth teams to complete fixtures if they've got covid uh you know, COVID's run rampant in their first team. Obviously, I, th- I think with Villa, it's a bit different. Villa and Derby, their their first team is completely separated from their youth team, which is why they've been able to do it. Someone like us, for example, the likes of Robinson, uh, Proctor, people that you would class as our youth team are probably in and around the first team every day at training anyway. So does that mean we'd play our 18s? I think, I think if football is going to continue, I think it has to. I think we can't keep postponing games. You can't go into... July, August to finish the season and keep delaying the season, especially with the Euros coming up, if the Euros go ahead. I think if you're going to say, right, the season has to finish at some point, then you have to play the, the, the players that you've got available to you. Yeah. So if you have eight under-18 players, you have to put them in. 
you know, and then and then they might they, you might find that that is it Barry Louis or Louis Barry? Louis Barry. He looks a star in the making, and you think, well, actually, he might step up now. Derby, they're probably going to say, well, no, actually, we've got kids who ain't going to get near our first team. But unfortunately, that is football. You have these kids. You, you can't have, again, I've talked about this before with Chelsea having 100 kids. Never of them, never going to get near the first team. This is a chance now where they say, well, actually, you've got to finish games. You've got 100 players in your development yeah. from 19, 18, 17. You're going to have to play the game. And you know what? If the, the threat was of that, that threat was there. It was hanging over clubs to say that but it doesn't. You have to play these teams regardless. How much more? How much more careful consideration would clubs be giving to the protocols, the COVID protocols mm-hmm. stuff like? They would be. They'd be absolutely by the book, as you said. They might even form a bubble, as you say, for for three or four weeks, where players can't get in or out, and it's just them on their own. See, my problem as well is the player. Like, not. Like, I don't know. I've not heard too much at our level, but the top level. Some players are absolutely taking the piss, having parties and, and doing whatever they want during this. And no one's holding them accountable. The police are like, oh, we're contacting the clubs. Contact the player. Because if that was me and I was out there, I'd be getting fined myself and I'd be getting whatever, I don't know, arrested or whatever it is. So start doing that to the players. Start actually saying to players, if you do this, you're going to miss three games, four games, you're going to be banned. Yeah, if you've got seven players out because they've gone to a party, that's going to be a three points to the other team and a three-nil win. Yeah. Players have to be starting held accountable for their actions because if we're, as the Joe public, are staying in and doing what we can and players are taking the piss and doing whatever they want, I think that just makes it a mockery even worse. I think the, um, I think the Euros are going to, go, going to go ahead just because, obviously, you've got the Europa League and Champions League playing. I can't see why they would cancel the Euros in the summer, but I do welcome Sam's idea about, you know, having a two-week circuit breaker and even maybe postponing the season from League One down into National League, you know, just by a little bit, because at the moment, you know, we, like Jamie said as well, we're getting games cancelled left, right and centre, you know, every every weekend at the moment, half the fixtures go down. I think as well, I think the authorities knew, um, certainly from an early point, that this would happen. That we were going to lose. I mean, so I follow the the National League um, through work quite closely. The National League, the National League South, the National League South in particular has been absolutely decimated. Mm-hmm. The last few Saturdays, I think the last three Saturdays, the last three Saturdays, I believe, three fixtures or three or four fixtures are played in the league in the National League South. That is that is a low, low number. And obviously, clubs at that level are really starting to worry: Can we get this finished? Now, the National League have already said. Of well, it's already in the fixtures. It's already been out there since the start of the season. That their season is going to run until the last Saturday in May. So three, but four weeks more than it would normally. Therefore, it then fills up. It gives you that extra five Tuesday night games to to put in there. And I think it's just uh, it's it's a wise thing to do because I think the league. That's why League One should should have maybe thought about that and said, look, we can run with the playoffs a bit later. Doesn't need to be at Wembley. Obviously, it can't be at Wembley. The, the, the EFL's issue, from what I understand, it is an obsession with playing, an absolute obsession with playing the playoffs at Wembley. Therefore, has to fit in with the dates we've currently got. If you budge from them, if you push it back, because of the Euros, because of six games being held at Wembley Stadium, they will not be able to hold it. Now, that's why the EFL are so desperate to get the to get the season finished on time. That's why they are. And that's why, for example, we haven't had the, and maybe the amount of postponements that maybe we should have done 
Um, you saw it last year, the EFL desperate to have the, the playoffs at Wembley. Didn't need to hire out Wembley Stadium for the three game. Didn't need to. Did it at great cost. A massive cost to have an empty Wembley Stadium full three victories, but still did it. Well, you, you only need a, a, a neutral ground. You know, you, you, yeah. that's a sacrifice. Like you mentioned earlier, it's a sacrifice that they should be making, yeah. uh, that the decision makers should be making, and they're not. Um, just another one to add to the list of the mental decisions that yeah. that, that they're making. Yeah. We are now essentially two weeks into the January transfer window. The, the Dons have had three departures. Seddon and Truman have gone back to Birmingham and Roscoe has gone to the New Saints in Wales. Uh, they paid a record fee, apparently. God knows how much that was. Um, at the time of recording, we've signed a replacement keeper, uh, Sam Walker on loan from Reading. Are we happy with the business so far? I personally think that it's been a good window so far because, you know, as we said on last week's podcast, I don't think said in second spell with us, this has been as good as first and I'd like to see us develop Osu and Nesta Guinness-Walker. I think, you know, What's the point in signing these players if they're not going to play and sit on the bench? You know, they might as well get first-time experience. I don't think Conor Truman ever really gave me much confidence. He wasn't bad, but I don't feel like, you know, he was amazing. But I'm a bit biased when it comes to keepers. I like big keepers. I grew up watching Schmeichel, you know, and I felt like he, he Schmeichel filled the whole goal. And, you know, signing a six-foot-six keeper, hopefully he commands the box. You know, we have been letting in goals. And at 29 years old, I think, hopefully... He has that experience to help us out at the back. He, even though he's only played nine games since 2018, he has the most amount of appearances in the Football League in our whole squad. So that's a plus. And I also think it's a good bit of business getting rid of Lee's favourite player, favourite striker, Roscoe. <laughs> and we've got some money in the door. So, so far, so good. With Wimbledon, and it's probably every club, there's always rumours. It's, it's literally rumour central, especially this time of year. So I, I had a rumour that Connor, we sent Connor Truman back. Also heard a rumour that Birmingham, we called him, and we weren't too happy with that as well. But it was weird that we had Simon Walker lined up straight away. It was literally a couple of days after that we had him coming in. And then Glynn's interview the other day saying that we're looking to maybe do that as a permanent deal in the summer and a position that he'd like to fill, and we've never done that. Uh, I've got a mate who goes to Colchester games, and he, he played quite a few games at Colchester, and he said that uh, Walker was big, can kick well, but he's not very brave. So I was like, oh, brilliant. For a six-foot-six keeper, and he's not very brave. But I think we might have sent Connor Truman back because he wasn't very commanding. He was a great shot stopper. He was a good keeper, and I liked him. He didn't do anything wrong but we were conceding goals left, right and centre. And is that because he wasn't commanding his back four? Is that because he wasn't shouting at him? He wasn't telling him to where to go? Wasn't, do you know what I mean? With a Ramsdale, you get that. With Kelly Ruse, you get, you, they take hold of it and they tell their defenders where to go. We weren't, do, I don't think Connell Truman was doing that. So maybe bringing in a uh, solid goalkeeper now who's going to mm. command that back four and tell him if, if they don't defend properly, he's going to be screaming in their ear. Uh, with Roscoe going, I am very disappointed about that. I don't think he was given a chance. He's gone to the best Welsh team uh, in in that league, and I think he'll score goals. Again, another rumour is I heard that we got, I think, between 25,000 and 50,000 for him. 
And if that is true, then that's a great bit of business, to be fair. And I have heard a rumour that we could be signing uh, a free agent uh, who could cover striker and defender, which would be Calvin Andrew, which I'm not overly keen on. I would have rather kept Roscoe, if that is true. But again, it is rumour central at the moment. And with Wimbledon, you never know, to be fair. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you talk about wild rumours. I heard um, um, from quite well placed, someone quite well placed at the club that Roscoe was on, quote, more money than you'd think he is and maybe he deserves. That's the quote I heard. So in terms of good deal being done for the club, um, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um, I don't know. I'm very, always very wary of the one that says, oh, I don't think he's been given a chance. He's been here at the club for 18 months, isn't he now? Roscoe. 18 months. He surely has got to have done something somewhere along the lines to really impress the manager. He's had opportunities. I understand it's not many, but... I, I don't think he's had opportunities. He's, he's, in, he's been there, what, two years? And he's played 600 minutes of football, mostly in the Mickey Mouse Cup or coming on as last-minute cameos. Uh, I, don't think, I don't think he was good enough, but I, I still don't think he was given a chance either. Okay. Yeah. I think he was unfortunate last season with injury, wasn't he? He got hit by an injury, and I think he was due to go out on loan, is the rumour I heard, which would have maybe built up his confidence to score some goals. I did also, may have read a stat somewhere, that he's only had the equivalent of two league games worth of minutes, and I can see the argument that he hasn't been given a fair run of games. But I do think he's down the pecking order. You know, um, Oli Palmer was our big money signing in the summer, probably on the most wages. Piggott's, you know, bang on form. Um, you know, um, Lee also raves about um, Zach Robinson. So I wonder if Lee's his agent or something. <laughs> he's going to score us 50 yeah. goals next season, guys. Apparently. <laughs> Zach Robinson's a player, I'm telling you. He's going to be... He, he, you think he's just jumped up to, what, third choice, fourth choice striker now? Because... One of the points I was going to make now is we've got Pig, Palmer, Robinson and Longman. I, I still think Longman's a better winger than he is a striker. Is he so, staying there? Who, Longman? Longman. I, I think, listen to, again, I listened to TalkSport today and Steve Sidwell was saying that he's he prefers his players to go out on loan and, and, and pick up minutes and play men's football because they were talking about, I think, who was it? Someone said that the under-23 should be scrapped and go back to reserve football like the old days. Because it's all well and good, these young kids playing pass, 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 beautiful football against each other. But when you step in to play for Wimbledon, you step in to play for Rochdale, you don't have that time to pass, pass, pass. It's up in there. You have to play robust football. I think they're going to keep him with us because he's doing well. Why would you move him out to possibly go to a championship club? And then, that again, going back to the COVID point, they might not play games. It could get postponed. He's at a club he's training well with. He's scoring goals. He's doing well. I think he's done well for us. I don't think we always talk about championship clubs that were possibly in for him. I think there's an article in the Daily Mail uh, a couple of weeks ago. He's done well, but has he done well enough to be playing for a, uh, to be starting for a championship club? Because that's the only reason Brighton's going to let him go if he's going to have a reasonable chance. Sorry, I would, I would yeah. say he's been our best player this season. I don't think I wouldn't. I I, I wouldn't argue he's been 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 decent. I. More than decent, actually, to be fair. Especially, I think more is a substitute sometimes. But I don't. I'm, if I'm looking at, it, I'm saying if I'm even at a struggling championship club, is he getting in at a QPR? Is he starting at a QPR? No, again, I agree. I agree with what you're saying, Sam. But then you look at the top end of uh, League One. He might go to a Peterborough. He could go to a Portsmouth. We've had that many times. Charlton. Yeah. We had Ben Purinton, and then he went to Cholton. Uh, it's the wage call. thing, I think, obviously, as you say, the seventh thing, which is going to happen, he's going to go to Portsmouth, I believe, seventh. Um, 
and you talk about the parenting thing. We've seen so many clubs do this that that, that recall their players and then send them out because someone's paying a higher wage. I don't think this will be the case with Brighton. I, 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 don't, I think we've got a relationship with them, and I don't I don't see this as a as a financial thing. No, and, I, and yeah, I, I I think Brighton that kind of club that I don't think they would do that. I don't think they're money oriented. I think they've got a good owner, good chief executive there, good manager in Potter who wants to see their players progress more than bringing them back. And then, because they've got plans, he, he signed a new contract for him for two years. Yeah. And they told him to go on loan, do well. And then when you come back, you then can have a chance of getting into the first team. So I don't get why they would call him and then send him back out just to cover his wages. No, uh, not worth an extra. You know, this is like a rock. Well, look back to the Ben Perrington thing with, with um, Rotherham and, and when, when he went to Charlton, you know, maybe we couldn't afford the extra grand a week, but well, two, a grand, grand and a half that maybe Charlton could chuck on top of his wages that we were. They, they sold him to Charlton, didn't they? In the end, they called him and sold him. Did they sell him in the end, did they? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Oh, right. See, now I, think, I think that's the thing Steve Seddon's going to happen. I think he'll be sold to Portsmouth. I don't think it'll go back on loan. I think yeah. he'll be sold. Mm. I think another thing about the goalkeeper we signed on loan, I like the fact that obviously he's, local, he's a local lad, he's in Reading, and he's only got six months left on his contract. So there is the chance we can get him on permanent. Um, I mean, there is the argument, this window, should we be spending money with COVID, no fans, etc.? So I think it's a good deal around, you know, we've kind of covered ourselves for that. We've got him to the end of the season, then come the end of the season, we'll know more regarding COVID, what league we're playing in. Um, so it makes sense. With regards to going back to Truman and him not being vocal, I do remember watching the uh, lads on Back to Plough Lane Live and George saying that um, Colonel Truman was very vocal at organising, but these are things you don't see on TV on iFollow. You know, it's hard to judge Longman, I find it's hard to judge Truman, you know, watching from one camera angle from a distance, you know. So, these players are and um, one last thing I'd say on Roscoe as well because I think not only was it a good deal for us I think it was also a good deal for him he got himself a three and a half year deal good luck to him on Instagram he seemed to go back and forth to Wales um, so you know hopefully he can settle there and best of luck to him yeah I think you're right with the uh, watching it on iFollow we can't really see what is going on in the pitch as much but I was just again it's a fan putting two to two together coming up maybe five I just sending him back or him being recalled and then us signing a keeper two days later who's six foot six. He's going to be commanding at that, or you hope he's going to be commanding at that size. Uh, I, I just thought maybe we are leaking goals left, right and centre defensively. Our defence is shocking. Has Glenn put that down to the keeper instead of the defence? Because uh, where would we strengthen now? It is January. We, we, we can get a couple more loans in. Where are you boys looking to sign now? Where are we going to sign another centre-back? Because we've got Ben Hannigan. We've got Will. We've got Paul Kay. And what happened, like, Paul Kay, was that... I think that backfired a little bit on him, didn't it? When he was saying he, everyone thought he was off and everyone was, like, cheering. Oh, like, I can't wait. Yeah, good. good. <laughs> We're only getting rid of Paul Kay. And then he was like, I oh, know, I was only joking. Was he definitely off somewhere? Or was he just going I on a train? he was picking up someone from the airport because he was yeah. at the airport, was Paul. Yeah. So I'm guessing he was picking someone at the airport and everyone was like, yes, you're off. <laughs> We're getting someone else in. And he must have thought, oh, yeah, cheers, everyone. There's a lot of speculation he was off to the Scottish League or something, isn't it? And, you know, the last yeah, game. Belgium League yeah. and stuff. And the last game we had was he, had, he made that mistake which led to the goal which cost us the game. So um, I can see the, I can understand the rumours in Calvin Andrews. Uh, I haven't heard that one myself, but, you know, getting a, getting a, 
experienced person in who can cover both centre back and striker. I mean, like I said, Roscoe was probably fourth choice. You know, we've got a lot of centre backs, but at the moment we're a bit light with O'Neill. I think Hennigan is out long term. Thomas is obviously long term. Is he Hennigan? Do you think? That's what I've heard. Oh no! Calvary. That best centre back by and I and Taylor Thomas is, you know, we don't know when he'll be back. So it would make sense, you know. I can see that. I can see the uh, speculation in that rumor. Uh, I mean, I'm, it, I'm not convinced by Hennigan. You say he's our best centre back by a mile. I'm not convinced. Not yet, yeah, because he he came in, he played a couple of games. We still leak goals, and then there was a game where he made two mistakes that led to goals, like single-handedly right. led to two goals. Jay, I'll I'll give you yeah. our centre backs, right? Yeah, they're all fit. They're all fit. O'Neill, yep. Terrell Thomas, Will, Paul Kay, and Soccer. I would say on form, Shocker has been our best centre-back. single one of them. No, I'd argue that Shocker's better than him. We haven't seen enough of Hennigan. He's only played a handful of games and now he's I, I, injured. O'Neill's not a centre-back in my eyes. I, think I he's agree, he's a full-back. Uh, Will's made a glass. You don't know how long he's going to be. Paul Kay, he, one, again, one minute he could be amazing. The next minute he is a calamity. Uh, who else do I say there? We've got soccer. Again, I, I, some games he's class, and then other times he just gets absolutely destroyed. Mm. Uh, and who was the other one? Uh, Terrell Thomas. Terrell Thomas, who unfortunately, again, I, I think he's been on really bad form this year. I think if you'd asked me at the start of the season, I'd have said, you know, Terrell Thomas is our best centre back. Um, hasn't quite worked out this season. I think if you look at our, look at the defenders on paper and you think that's easily good enough to stay in this division, we've got so you've got six central defenders there. Six are all good enough for this league. I think actually, I probably so. And then maybe you look at O'Neill possibly being a more of a squad player, same with Paul K. But I do, I think it all depends on how how long what we do could all depend on how long Hennigan's out for. I think um, you don't want you know, it would be a loan signing at centre back definitely. But I almost think if we're going to go to a four, which it looks like maybe they're possibly going towards a four now, I think. The good performance, very good performance defensively on, on a Tuesday against Bristol uh, City as a four. I think maybe Ben is, is, is going that way. Therefore, maybe you don't need to go and get another centre-back if you can play with two. But I think you need a left-back. I think you need a left-back and I definitely think you need a bit more attacking. I totally disagree that we need a left-back. I think uh, Nesta and yeah. Osu good enough to be a uh, League One left-back. I disagree. I disagree. Nesta, Nesta, in a relegation battle, I disagree. Nesta had a great game against Bristol in the pizza game. Uh, he played really well at left-back. Mm. Osu, I don't know if he's injured again. Uh, again, gone quiet. Yeah. Sorry, mate? It's gone a bit quiet on, on, on Osu again, isn't it? We've got to have an episode on the club comm soon because they're driving me mad. You never know. They, one minute he's in, he plays against Arsenal really well. And then he disappears for weeks and you don't know if he's injured. You don't know if he's out of favour. We, we don't know anything. And this is where Wimbledon is rife with rumours because no one really knows what's going on with our players. I think we need, if Hennigan's out long term, then we need another centre-back because Will, unfortunately, has made a glass. Which would then I think Terrell's back in two, we've got Terrell Thomas back in two weeks. In terms of numbers, at least, Paul Kay there. Um, so I think Terrell's going to be out longer than that. So. Terrell's, he's like in hospital on a ventilator sort of thing. Yeah, I don't think he's back anytime soon. He, he he said he's out for a long time. Yeah, himself. Yeah. So I think he'll be out for a month or two at least. So we're gonna have to. Um, do. So I think get, and this I is why the Calvin Andrew rumor would make sense, as, as Boise said. He's a, he can play centre back and he can play up front. 
Would you consider Sorker, um, Sorker, whatever we pronounce his name, would you consider him at left back? I, I, I watch the games and I just think he does bomb forward from a left-sided position quite often. He's, he's a left-sided centre-back of the three normally we play with. Um, does that make sense to, to, to kind of budge him out? Or is he, as you say, our best centre-back at the moment? I, I wouldn't have him... I, I don't think he's that good, to be fair. But I, I, I wouldn't have him... I, again, I think Nestor and Osu are better at left-back. I think they're both very good left-backs. You obviously disagree. Uh, but I think them two are, are good enough left-backs. Again, when again, Seddon's gone. and we, I was quite happy Seddon's gone because I thought he's been atrocious. But when we first signed him... Mm. Everyone was buzzing because he is that good, but yeah, I don't brilliant. think we. I don't think we need another. I don't think we need another left back right now in in this window. I think there's other positions that we do need. Rodgers did confirm on London News Online that um, with Seddon going back, he his quote was there might be one coming in now, especially with Seddon down um, and going back. The option was probably to get one out and to get another one in the door. So I think that is referring to a left back. I mean, it wasn't to get. You know, a player out and then get a goalkeeper in, was it? So, um, yeah, I can see, I can see again, maybe a left back coming in because we simply don't know what's what's wrong with Rossu as well. You know, is he out long term or you know short term? What do you think Alexander played at left back? A bizarre choice, I thought, Lincoln. I think you're hiding to nothing. You got yeah. Shay Alexander. He's not. He's a national league defender, in my opinion. Um, and against the league leaders, I thought we did all right. It's been strange, doesn't it? We've had Shay Alexandra playing left back and we've had Seddon playing right back. <laughs> yeah, mental. Yeah, I don't, Alexander's another one I don't think we've seen enough of. Yeah. Handful of appearances here and there. I can see that going down a Roscoe route in a couple, yeah. you know, when it, when his contract's up. He's a young lad, to be fair. Yeah. He's a young lad. Uh, he's he's London. 25 going on 26. Yeah, he's not that young. Yeah, yeah but he's, London, he's London based, so it's not like Roscoe who's had to move from Wales to London. Yeah. To try and forge a, a career in in yeah. league football, he he he's London based, so he probably ain't going to be paid shed loads. And he, I I like him. I like the look of Alexander when he has played. He bombs forward as well, but he don't suit three five two, because if you've got Soccer or Nestor or Osu, and then on the other side you've got Alexander O'Neill bombing forward, it does leave us at the back quite open. Uh, again, I think we need to sign. If Hennigan's out long term, I think we need to sign another centre back, and we might have to go for a loan, a young centre back from a Premiership team or Championship yeah, team. I agree. Do you, do you think that a a young centre half from a Premiership team would be up for a relegation dogfight? Yes, because at the moment with COVID going on, they're up for just playing games. I think people would yeah, be I, happy. I think that would be the wrong path to go down. I think we need an experienced player with. You know, league games on his belt, a captain. I mean, last week we spoke on the podcast about Peter Bauer signing players from non-league. But the difference between Peter Bauer and us is we've got a whole team of non-league players. For us, if they combine them with seasoned pros, imagine some of our players like Nesta Guinness Walker playing alongside Darius Charles, Paul Robinson, and Barry Fuller. What a better way to learn! I don't think we should be getting, you know, first loans from Premier League for centre back. I'd rather somebody with, you know, a leader, a character to add this bunch of, you know, players who don't have that league experience. problem you've got with that, boys, is they cost money. Uh, and I don't think we've got a load of it. But then that's, that's, that brings me to another point. Should we even be looking to spend wages and money when we just don't know what the, what the season entails, if it's going to get cancelled? I don't think it's going to, things, I don't think it's going to get cancelled. I don't think there's any way the season is going to get cancelled. I mean, but even with no fans in grounds, we've still got a 
resurfaced, loan, um, et cetera, et cetera. It makes me wonder, should we be even spending any money or should we just go ahead with the rest of the season with what we have now? But that's why I said about maybe getting a, a young loan, stri- loan, sorry, loan defender in that ain't going to cost us a load of money and, and we can say, look, we'll try and give him minutes. Not, not agree to, yeah, he's going to start every game. But have him as a backup, like, because I'm not being, I, I like the look of Madeline and I like the look of uh, Proctor, but I don't think they're able to step up right now. Mm-hmm. Unless we really had to, again, like the COVID situation we said earlier, if we had seven players out, put them in. But I don't think they're ready to play a first team football where a, a centre back from a Chelsea or an Arsenal would be able to step up and play that level of football if they needed it. Do you think, like you just said there, do you think a Chelsea or an Arsenal? Uh, do you think we'd be able to dictate to them and be like, yeah, we'll take your player on loan. Uh, we don't know when and if he's going to play. We'll play every now and again. Do you think, you know, that those those clubs are going to laugh us out the door? They're not going to turn around and go, yeah, don't worry, play him when you want. Um, do, do you know what I'm trying to say? And so what calibre of player are we going to get? I think with the current situation, we could use that to our fans. Just say, look, it'll be coming, it'll be playing, training with our boys. It'll be playing. It'll be around that first team setup. So he'll be around Piggott, he'll be around Palmer. They don't have that at premiership teams. You're not around the first team players. You're not going to get near uh, Lacazette. You're not going to get near Mason Mount. But bring him in, put him on the coach so he's used to that travelling. He's used to playing and, and, and training with men. It's that kind of thing as well. And again, with COVID, this could be a situation where we can go, right, Bring him in. We'll play at the moment. I think if we bought in a, a young centre back, he'll probably be playing. Yeah. I mean, Chelsea. The things with Chelsea. There are lots of the clubs you mentioned: there, Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham. Uh, the big clubs in in, in and around our area. They will only let players lead, uh, join with a guarantee of playing. You you take the player on loan. You play him. It's not a case of well, he's, he can fit in where he's a squad member. He can play where he wants. So it's important that if we do go down that route, that we we we. We have to, you know, if he if he needed if he needed he has to, yeah, we'll have to play. In terms of what Boyce said about the um, about what do we do? Do we stick or twist? Essentially, I think is what um, the point you were making. Um, which is a fair point. I think it's, it's important to remember the kind of the goal, the golfing plus the goal of golfing finances between the league. We are now perilously close to that bottom four places, as everyone knows. Um, we don't want to look back at this window and go, do you know what? We should have done that. We should have done that. If we make an, an investment wage-wise of a central defender or a left-back or a striker for, to say, £100,000, and it works, um, you know, the, the, the difference between finances between League One and League Two is around the £1.2 million a year mark with full, full, so full allocation of supporters going into grounds. That is, that's the black hole that relegation costs. Now, if we're sitting in mid-table, which I'd agree totally, and I would say, you know, Keep it as it is. Um, we don't need the playoffs. Don't chase the playoffs. It's different. There's a huge mock difference between chasing the playoffs, chasing promotion, and rolling the dice at that, than doing what you need to do to try and stay in the division. And I really do. I really. I've, I've just got this. Maybe it's the pessimist in me when it comes to Wimbledon, but I've just got this feeling, this gut feeling that we're in a, we're in a bit of trouble here. We've got a good squad, but we're in a bit of trouble, and we and we have to try and do something. Can I just say, at the time of this recording, we've just been. Bristol Rovers 1-0. I know it's just a Papa John's trophy, but we have kept a clean sheet. Sam's first game for us, Sam Walker. Um, we played a back four. So again, it does raise the question, you know, a debate in centre-halves. You know, Lee said we've got six or seven on our books. If we go, do move to a back four, you know, even more of a reason not to invest. 
in the back. But if we don't get a centre back, I mean, what other positions are we looking? Do you guys feel we're weakened? Do we need to replace uh, Roscoe for your league? You know, I know you've got posters on your wall you might need to take down now. <laughs> well, I would, sorry, I've just got to go back on the centre-half issue. Is that we, we beat Bristol Rovers, kept a clean sheet. We had Daniel Sock and Will Nightingale as our centre-halves. On the bench, we then only had Proctor and Calamari. Calamari. Oh, it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Paul K, right? <laughs> yeah. They're, that's our four centre-backs. Three of them, I don't think, are good enough for League One football. So, out of four centre-backs, we had a kid on the bench and Paul K. I, I still think we're going to need a centre-back to come in. Uh, Roscoe, I don't think we need to replace Roscoe as much. Again, oh, it's a hard one because... The question is, if you lose one of the three strikers to injury for three weeks, you're, therefore you're going, you know, essentially you're going in with two strikers every game. Yeah. Nothing to bring off the bench. You, I think you have to have four senior strikers. But does Robinson make that fourth striker up? Then, yeah, that's what... I, what? I mean, you're right. Not at the moment, he doesn't. He's, he, he can't throw a kid into a relegation battle. No, he, he is good enough to go... He, he is our fourth striker by miles. I think he's... he's I would have him. He is. Lee, <laughs> you're going to get a reputation like Stu with Lara Taylor with this whole Zach Because <laughs> he, he is must make... He scores goals and he will, you watch. He, he. I would have had him level pegging with Palmer the other week. If Palmer's come in and he's getting fitter and he, he looks better, to be fair. But Zach Robinson is a goal scorer and he's, he's got no fear. He's a young kid with no fear. He's quick. I would have him uh, as our first... Why wasn't he playing tonight then? Why, 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 not start him to, why not start him in the, in the peaks? He well? has a school, online schoolwork that he has to do tonight. <laughs> Get out of... And a long trip to Bristol. I think the fact that he's not got on the pitch tonight against uh, Bristol Rovers in the Pizza Pop Trophy, whatever you want to call it, is is probably kind of indicates Glenn's feelings towards it at the moment. No, I think we're trying to win that trophy as well. We shouldn't be. I think we are. I think we really are trying to win it. If you look at the team we've got, that team tonight is a very, very strong team. I think we should... I said last week on the podcast, we should go for it. It's our last chance of, of some sort of silverware this season and it's money every round. I mean... We've got through again. It's another, I think, is it that 60, 50, 60k you get? Right. That's got another striker. <clears throat> you were saying why well, Robinson, didn't make, Robinson didn't make the squad, but then you had Joe Piggott on the bench tonight. So what, are we leaving Piggott at home and taking Robinson? Mm -hmm. As I said, I think we're trying to win that. We only had one kid on the bench today, and that was Archie uh, Proctor. The, yeah. the rest were all first-team players. At, I, think, at, well, I think, to be honest, it's probably maybe more to the fact that we've not played for 10 days, maybe. Yeah, I get our first team uh, game, but I don't, it's a hard one for us because mid, we've not mentioned midfield or wingers at all with regards to the January transfer window, and I don't think we need any midfielders. I think we've got enough of them. Definitely. Wingers, I do think we struggle with, but then it didn't work when we had Dylan Connolly. I just think maybe the Calvin Andrew rumour doesn't sound too bad if you've got someone who can come in and play both positions. I just don't think he's very good. I think, I think when, when you talk about wingers, when you're talking about wingers, um, it all depends on what system we're going to play now. You know, we've been calling for 3-5-2 to be scrapped. If we're moving to something different, then we're going to need wide players, aren't we? And we don't have any. So, I mean, we've got Longman that can play there and Rudy can play on the right and cut in, but that's two. If we're playing with wide players, you need more than two. This is what drives me mad about modern football and it's football manager and championship manager that's done this to all you young kids, right? Is why do we have to have just one system? 
why can't we say right this week we're playing three five two because we're playing a team that plays four four two and we're going to beat them with the five, or they only have one up front. Next week we're going to go four four two or four five one. Mix it up every week. You don't have to play the same system every single game. It's because our managers Glenn Hodges and not Marcelo Bielsa, mate. If I'm honest, <laughs> like you know, and don't get me started on Leeds. Leeds. Why yeah. is all this furore about Leeds? Oh, how brave they are. Oh, oh, oh against Man U, they played such good attack. They lost 7-0. They didn't Wait, lose Bielsen, 7-0. Bielsen and Leeds, oh, they're very brave, aren't they? No, you, you, you're not that great, to be fair. Everyone confuses brave and fearless with entertaining. Yeah. Yeah. Three. Score three. You score six, we'll score five. You score, if, we'll score six. if Wimbledon lost 7-0 and we, we went for it, I'd be going mad. Yeah. I'd be going mad if we lost 7-0 to say... Peterborough, Charlton. Don't care how brave we were, I'd be going absolutely mad. Yeah, but I don't think we were very brave against Charlton and got, what, five past us, six past us? Was it Charlton? Six two? He, didn't, he didn't change the formation of the system to suit against Charlton. He, he kept it the same. Yeah, system. but I, I mean, you know, we can't even play one system. How would you expect them to play two or three? Because they're professional footballers and they should be able to play. <laughs> Half of them shouldn't be. I agree, Sorry, that we need a plan. I agree that we need a plan B, but it does seem also tonight we've played a 4-4-2 diamond, which makes sense. I mean, we don't have the wingers to play, you know, 4-3-3 or 4-4-2, in my opinion. Um, so, yeah, a diamond formation does make sense. If Glyn now pursues moving forward or we go back to 3-5-2 in the league and it was just an experiment, we'll have to wait and see. It'd be interesting what they do in Sunderland on, on Saturday, I think, if, if it, they do persevere with a 4 I think it'd be a big, big thing for the supporters because I think most supporters are calling for a a a, a change in in the approach certainly, um, and you know it might work. It might work against Sunderland. You know they're not they're one one of the sides that are right up there. But as we can see, there really is it's a case of any team could be any team this season. We've we've seen over the last few weeks. What do we reckon for Saturday then? If 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 it goes ahead and there's not a bunch of COVID cases in either camp, get Saturday. after Sunderland. Chris Falk saw him play against Northampton. He said they were not very good. Get after them. They play two Charlie White. They go big. Get Just get after them. We've got the players to get after them. Rodoni looks good at the moment. Longman can get after them. Pig can get after them. Palmer. Just get after them. Just play attacking. Don't sit back. Don't be defensive. Just, just so get the, after them. The player that's made a big difference, Yako Oksana, since he's come back. Yeah, I agree. Obviously, conceding a goal like we did the first goal, like we did from when... Lee wants us to play attacking and fearless, a bit like Leeds. I remember we lose seven 0 on the weekends. But it's fearless against a team that ain't very good. You're going to be fearless against Man U. You're going to get players like Rashford and stuff taking you pieces. Sunderland ain't that good anymore. They're not. They're not the best team in in the league anymore. Do you know what I mean? They might have the biggest. They might be the biggest team in the league. They're not the best. Well, it helps that they're not getting roared on by. 30-odd thousand fans as well. I think that works in our advantage, that stadium being empty. Or, is it at home or away for us? It's at our ground, mate, so okay, they're, yeah. they're going to be empty anyway. Yeah. <laughs> right, so what are our predictions for Saturday then? Finchie. Uh, 4-2, Wimbledon. <laughs> Robinson's going to come off the bench and score one. Well, if, he's stuck, if he's on the bench. It's not going to be in the squad, mate. Sorry to break it. Wimbledon. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to play 3-5-2 we're going to draw 1-0 and we're going to get a lot of moaning after the game. That's what I predict. Sunderland draw in their last five. Um, I think there'll be a fourth draw. Um, 
Two all. I imagine I can't see us keeping a clean sheet. Um, I think two all. Be two all. Nice. Uh, I, I, I have no idea to be honest with you. Might <laughs> as well balance out and predict a two draws for win. Yeah. Uh, Sunderland five three. <laughs> We're gonna go for it and get caught out on the break. <laughs> Pick two numbers out of thin air. Can I just ask about um, just one last thing before we probably wrap it up? Ross Grove going to Wales, is that deemed as elite sport? Will he be playing or is that? I know, it's up to the Welsh First Minister, mate. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you know a lot about Adam Ross Grove. You know, no, no, I just don't think he had a chance. I like the guy. <laughs> but if Sam's right and he was getting paid more than he should and we've got 50 grand for him, then he goes back to Wales. He's playing for the best team in Wales. We get some money out of it. Was, one thing I would say about that, I think it was a Wally Dow's Wally Down signing. He wanted to go and get someone, pick someone out of nowhere, and be a genius manager from it. And it just unfortunately hasn't worked. Yeah. You know, know, he, not, he could, he could have done. Sorry, Sam, go. Sorry, sorry. So I like that approach. I love that approach. I think we should do it more. Um, I, I always, I always, I always, my 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 thing that always sticks in the back of my head is there'll be a Jamal Lowe, the Swansea striker that's currently been talked about with a ten million pound move. He was playing at Hampton and Richmond for three, two or three seasons and was picking arse at Hampton. Thank, thank you, Sam. Jamie, Jamie Vardy is the one that comes to mind. Jamie Vardy. Yeah, I mean, but Hampton and Richmond's three and a half minutes down the road and we didn't make even look at him properly. Sam, thank you. I've been saying this literally every episode. And I get beaten down by the other two because I don't think they he said it once. He said it once. He doesn't say it every episode. He thinks he thinks he's some genius football man. At least, because one thing he says, someone agrees. Most with. of the time, I'm too drunk and I don't even realise what's going on. At <laughs> so, I have to watch the highlights or get get my mates to tell me what happened. So. Right, well, uh, Sam, it's been a pleasure having you on, mate. Thank you for having me. Yeah, uh, Boise, Finchy, pleasure as always. Thank you. Cheers, lads. Good to see you, boys. See you soon. See you. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Wombles Had a Dream podcast. If you would like to contact us, you can do so by Twitter, at Wombles Dream, or via Facebook, at the Wombles Had a Dream. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.